This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker is brought to you with compliments of Discam Baby City. Good morning, good morning, good morning. And just like that, it's a new uh, week already. We're already midway through the week as always. And yes, you are on 101.9 High FM with me, your host, Yolandi Becker. And this is Bump and Beyond. And as always, we are talking parenting and various aspects of parenting and looking back as you all know my children are already 10 and 13 uh, 10 and 12 almost 13 it feels like he's 13 already um <laughs> and um looking back at those times with babies and if you are have a baby please do share with us i would love to hear about it um but i remember those times where your baby is like like overly dependent on you. And it's really, it's hard sometimes because you feel like you're never, ever alone during that time. And it sounds like nice in some ways, you're never alone. But if you're constantly with someone, even when you're peeing, it, it, it can become quite hectic. And you're, um, it, like I said, it's really someone is with you all the time. Also not even physically necessarily with you. It's also within your thinking. Every decision and every choice that you're making involves someone else. Um, so when the toddler years comes, I do have to say when they become a little bit independent as a parent, I was like a little bit, oh, it's nice that they can sit for two minutes on their own <laughs> and that they can do certain things on their own. But <laughs> it comes with its different challenges, um, uh, yeah, which we all be will be talking about today. Um, don't get me wrong, though. I actually, I, if I think back, I'm much more of a toddler mom than a baby mom. If I see a baby, I almost very seldom get broody, and I'm like not. But if I see a two-year-old, oh, my word, if they speak and you can't understand a word that they're saying, only the mom can understand them. It's for me, there's very few things as cute as a two-year-old. So I definitely loved those years um, when my children were two-year-olds and a little bit older. Uh, but again, comes with its different kinds of challenges um, and that's what we're talking about today is exactly that the funness of and the challenges of toddlerhood and I really brought in the big guns today to talk about this wonderful topic and I'm very honored to uh, be joined by sister Anne Richardson who is actually one of the co-authors of Toddler Sense. Um, she's of course also a qualified nurse and a midwife and a mom of two so Thank you so much for joining me, Anne. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks for um, having me and just allowing me the opportunity to just um, talk about toddlers who I also absolutely adore. Um, I've seen thousands and thousands of babies going through my you know, practice and, and I just love toddlers and chatting to them, and they, they're just the most amazing little creatures. But, shame, you know, they have a lot of pressures put on them because there's all this hype about the pregnancy, then there's all this hype about this cute baby and everything, and then suddenly they turn one, and everyone expects them to be talking in full sentences, potty trained, going to school, behaving in a restaurant. And so it's, it's a really rough sort of transition for them. They're not babies, but they're not 
school goers eat. So in my book, Toddler Sense, there's um, a poem which I'm going to read to you now. Um, author unknown, I, I found it somewhere and I included it. And it really just encompasses exactly what your toddler is. So essentially your, your baby becomes a toddler when they turn one because that's when they start to toddle. Typically that's when they're pulling themselves up, they're standing on their legs, they might be walking, they might not be. So if it is on, I must turn it off. If it is off, I must turn it on. If it's folded, I must unfold it. If it's a liquid, it must be shaken, then spilled. If it's a solid, it must be crumbled, chewed, or smeared. If it is high, it must be reached. If it is shelved, it must be unshelved. If it is pointed, it must be run with at top speed. If it is plugged, it must be unplugged. If it's in the rubbish, it must be removed, inspected, and thrown on the floor. If it's closed, it must be opened. If it is full, it will be more interesting emptied. If it's a pram, it must under no circumstances be ridden in without protest. It must be pushed by me instead. <laughs> if it's a flat surface, it must be banged upon. If mommy's hands are full, I must be carried. If mommy's in a hurry and wants to carry me, I must walk alone. <laughs> it must be torn. If it has buttons, they must be pushed. If the volume is low, it must go on high. If it's a drawer, it must be pulled open. If it's a bag, it must be swallowed. If it doesn't stay on my spoon, it must be dropped on the floor. If it's not food, it must definitely be tasted. If it is dry, it must be made wet with drool, milk, or toilet water. If it's a car seat, I must protest. If it's mommy or daddy, it must be hugged. I'm a toddler. Watch me grow. Oh. So that really just sums up. And show done. <laughs> this little bundle of emotional bundleness where they really, they can't talk. They, they want to talk, but they don't have vocab. They mm-hmm. don't have the sort of the intellect to, to extrapolate stuff. So all they've got is noise and the attention span of a flea. So it's from one thing to the next. So all those expensive educational toys that you bought, et cetera, et cetera, that you want to sit and play with and whatever, they're not interested. Give them a half a hose pipe, a sticker stone, a cardboard box, your Tupperware cupboard, and they're just sort of free range and roam. But that's how they learn. And I really, um, you hit the nail on the head when you said that, when they're talking, only the mother really understands. So in that gobbledygook, they're fully fluent, completely. And the only way they can let you know how they're feeling is by behavior and by noise. So, So it's how we sort of identify that. Uh, just you talking about all those things is also uh, that's what I love about this show also so much is me being able to reminisce as well when my children were young and you talking about these that they want to talk in a certain way and my son he full on changed certain words into other words so yogurt was called vuti and we full on used it as a family as an actual word and uh, penguin for some other reason was called vakana Whatever both those words mean, that was became, and I would be sitting with him because I was talking in Afrikaans and I would go, Bekevain, to kind of tell him that it's not uh, uh, Vakana, and then he would go, Vakana. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it was so cute and adorable, but it is, again, one of my favorite stages. I just love how open they are and curious they are and wanting to learn. I mean, it is, like you said, it is super busy. I always say they don't really learn to ever walk. 
um, they full on going from standing to running and looking like they're partially falling as they're going around. But in the same breath, I think you're also completely hit the a nail on the head also with your where you're saying that we put a lot of pressure on them a little bit and we've got very high expectations of what and that's the fun of comparing obviously with children but i am very much looking forward to getting into this a lot more with you just now <laughs> this is bump and beyond with yolandi becker is brought to you with compliments of discam baby city Yes, um, if you're just joining me, you are on 101.9 High FM. Uh, I am Yulandi Becker, your host of Bump and Beyond. And as always, we're talking parenting. And today we are talking with Sisters Anne Richardson about toddlerhood, the expert in toddlers. She even wrote a book about it. Um, a, a couple of books have been written by you, haven't it, Anne? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's not the only book. Yeah, Baby Sense, Sleep Sense and Toddler Sense. Yeah. Um, so she has sense. That's the whole point of what's going on. But toddlerhood, just before we went to the ad break, we were talking about um, that toddlers sometimes do get a little bit of pressure um, about you know, what's going on and one of the things that I also feel that sometimes we also don't fairly prepare moms for it in the sense of we are very quick to talk about tantrums and toddlerhood is like a disaster and um, about the crappiness that comes with it because it is like really hard work and they're like you mentioned with your poet opening everything and doing everything and curious about everything but in the end, I guess that's part of their behavior. How normal are tantrums um, for toddlers? Yeah, completely normal because they don't have the language skills to sufficiently express themselves. Um, they, th- their mind is just this like quagmire of, of stuff and the sponge of learning and touching. They feel they're very tactile learners. They have to touch everything that they're learning about. They have to put everything into their mouths or sniff it or fiddle with it or whatever. So, you know, there's just a few pointers. You can change the whole narrative about how you actually talk to a toddler without having to even go into shouty mode or discipline mode or whatever. And there's a few pointers that I'd like to just chat about. Yes, of course, please. That's the whole point. (laughs) One thing about toddlers is that we don't really ask our toddlers things. We tell them. Looking for direction from us. They don't know. They've only been on this world for 15 months, 24 months, whatever. They don't know things. They, They do. They pick up a lot of things by just osmosis. But they don't know about manners and not touching and what's dangerous and all that sort of thing. So you would never say... Um, Would you like to get into your car seat, for instance? Because he's a toddler. He's going to say no. (laughs) It's not on his agenda. On his agenda is let's go and unpack all the shelves in the garage. Um, So you would say, we are going to get into your car seat now. So he feels a little bit prepared. It is bath time now. Not, oh, my boy, when would you like to go and bath? Should we go and bath now? What do you think? Because then they start feeling anxious because... They don't know. Yeah. They're looking at you. You are their person. You need to direct them. 
and and this is where that fine line between the sort of gentle parenting style of parenting that a lot of people are following currently, and then of course the old-fashioned, really sort of autocratic, go to your room, you will be seen and not heard. Neither of which I think are ideal ways of parenting at all. It's to find that sort of middle line. So we are going to go to the shops now. You're going to sit in your car seat. Then we're going to get out. We're going to go into the shops. And I'm telling you now, so you do the pre-warning, I'm telling you now you're not allowed to have a sweetie when we're at the shops. So you don't deal with the drama at the shops when he wants the sweetie. And you say no. And then there's the tantrum. So it's... Telling and pre-warning. Telling or just informing. Telling sounds like quite a harsh word. It's just informing, talking about, letting him know what likes to come next. That's why toddlers, they thrive on routine. They love the same book over and over again because they know what the picture on that next page is going to look like. So they don't like the unknown. And the minute they feel as though they're not being heard or they're anxious or they're worried about something. Remember, they can't articulate it because they don't have language. They've just got noise and behavior. So then you have the resultant behavior, which could be the temp- the, the tantrum, tantrum yeah. as, as we call it. Yeah, And I love that. I mean, even as everyone knows, this is my side hustle, one of my favorite side hustles, this podcast and show. But mainly I do deal with sleeping children <laughs> or people not sleeping. Um, and this is for me also one of the things that I often tell parents is that the fact is that that's why they like the routine and schedule is because they enjoy knowing what's going to happen next. Toddlers don't like surprises unless it's ice cream. (laughs) Um, They want to know what's going on because even though they don't know how to tell time, their whole life is actually dictated by it. So the only way that they can regulate and form time is through these routines and schedules and you preparing them and letting them know. They don't want to be rushed through the process. It's also for me wonderful how you're talking about that all these things are new to them and these emotions and everything is also, of course, new to them, all these new things. And I always mention to parents, it's like, most adults don't have control over their emotions. You can't expect your toddler to always have the appropriate emotional response in those new situations. Um, but that brings me to also the next point with regards to toddlers and tantrums as well, because um, lots of parents also wonder about like things like biting and hitting and things like that. How common is that with toddlers and how do you deal with something like that? Yeah, there's a very a very interesting take on the biting and the toddling uh, and, and the, you know, pinching and pushing is that it's very often, mostly, not always, we immediately think that it's the bully on the playground who's doing the biting, pushing, etc. No. And it's not usually. It's usually the shy child, the, the sensation avoider child, the root of the tree. So those roots of a tree, think about it, they don't like to be disturbed. They're just solid and they don't like to be disturbed. If someone comes along with a big back actor or a pick and disturbs those roots, that whole tree is going to die and fall over. No. So there you've got your little your little root child sitting happily playing away in the playground with his truck. And here comes a sensation seeker. So that's like the leaves of the tree, if you can imagine yes. it. 
that are moving and shaking and rocking and rolling and nothing's enough for them. They're those extremely busy children. Yes. And now he comes roaring into the sandpit and upsets the root child. And the root child, because he doesn't have language or um, uh, the uh, – what's the word? He doesn't have the abstract thinking or mature enough to say, hey, buddy, back off. (laughs) All he does is he just pushes. He clubs the child on the head with the toy that ever he with. And immediately they think that is bullying behavior. But it's all because that child is feeling insecure and doesn't know how to say, oh, you're in my space, move away. So it's a very interesting take on that. And then my suggestion would be is that if it happens, obviously, as a teacher, you need to identify your children in the playground, know which ones need too much stimulation, which ones need quieter time, etc., and to try and just always intervene before the event happens. But by and large, because obviously you don't want to encourage that this behavior is an okay behavior, you always give the victim the attention, not the perpetrator. You completely ignore the perpetrator. And uh, I don't want to say, that's bad, that's naughty, say sorry, bad boy, whatever. But that's not helping. So you show with your body language, take the victim away, give the victim attention. And then the perpetrator starts to think about, oh, wow, that elicited no response at all. Same thing. I have a lot of parents who say to me, what do I do? My child hits me. Or when he's on my lap, he smacks me across the face or bites me or pinches me. And I say, well, what do you do? Oh, no, we laugh and we say, no, you're not allowed to do that. And that's not the way you handle it. So you've got to pre-warn. So as you're putting your toddler on your lap, you say things like, I love it when we cuddle like this. Just remember, no biting. So you've already sort of pre-warned and you've talked about it. And say, mommy doesn't like it or daddy doesn't like it when you bite. It's not nice to bite. So before the events even happened, you telling him that that behavior is is not an okay behavior. And so it's that it's the pre-warning and the telling. You are not allowed to bite. Instead of retaliating, saying, bad boy, you bit me. Yeah. And I mean, it's also uh, on that note as well, um, for all of you out there, it's not just telling one time for a toddler. You probably have to tell one thing about 50,000 times before they actually start doing it. <laughs> it's exhausting being with a toddler. I must say, I loved going to work in the morning when I had toddlers. There is no ways. And for these, for moms who are listening, who stay at home moms with toddlers, I salute you. <laughs> Take my hat off to you. It is, I would rather stand and be on live TV or um, lecture to a thousand people or write a thesis than stay at home <laughs> with a toddler. So, so well done, all of you who, who, you know, are doing that. It is exhausting. At the end of every day, you feel like all you've said is no, don't touch, leave it alone, come here, that's naughty, stop beating your sister up, da 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 and you just feel so negative at the end of the day. Yeah, it's no wonder one of their first words is no. <laughs> yeah. If um, if you've only just joined me, uh, you are on 101.9 High FM. This is Bump and Beyond, and I'm your host, Yolandi Becker. And today we are talking about toddlerhood with Sister Anne Richardson, um, who is a qualified nurse and midwife, and of course, mom of two as well. Um, and 
we've been talking a lot already about toddlers and as always i also want you to be part of the conversation so please do feel free to send us a telegram on 061-895-1019 or you can sms us at 34519 sms's are charged at 150. Tell us, do you have a toddler? Are you one of those impressive moms that are at home with your toddler and taking care of them? Are you dreading toddlerhood because you're enjoying the baby time? Are you reminiscing about your toddler? Please share with us. We would love, love, love to hear about that. So now we've talked a bit about the, the behavior of the toddlers and the tantrums and how you can deal with it and the preparation of it. A big thing I feel also that often comes up when you think about toddlers is picky eating. Um, and I mean, from my perspective as a sleep consultant, one of the biggest things that we see with toddlers when they're not sleeping is the fact that they're still drinking quite a lot of milk at night. So when do we need to stop milk at night? When do we need to stop start replacing bottles at night? When do those things happen? That's our multiple questions in one. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. And that's what I see on a daily basis in um, clinic is, you know, and the parents, they're so tired. They haven't slept for 18 months, for two years. And they kind of think, oh, I actually can't deal with this. Maybe when it's not full moon and let's wait for the heat wave to finish and let's wait for the last tooth to come out and you just sort of perpetuate this whole thing. What we know in a healthy, well-nourished, non-diseased child is that from the age of one, they do not need any sort of night feeding whatsoever. Um, they, thirst is an issue, particularly if it's very hot, or if they've got a cold and they've got a stuffy nose, they're going to have a bit of a scratchy throat. So water is always available for them. Um, I usually recommend that we get rid of bottles per se by the, t by the age of three, because the three-year-old can understand as long as you keep those milk bottles functional, which in other words means a little bit of milk when the child wakes up in the morning if he's thirsty they very often like a milky tea or something mm. when you're having your early morning tea or coffee and then some milk when they go to bed at night but absolutely no milk in the day and then you would also have to just talk about them so a hugely important thing also that you can apply to anything getting rid of bottles doing sleeping dealing with tantrums acknowledge their feelings so i know you want the bottle then you empathize and say, I would like to give you the bottle because milk's nice, <laughs> but you can't have it because it's going to make your teeth rotten. So you, you, you acknowledge the feeling. I know you want the sweet. I would like to give it to you because sweets are lovely, but it's supper time. You can't have one. And I applied this adage to my teenagers and you, you heading into that at that part now. You just treat a teenager like a toddler. I know you want to go to the club. That looks like a really cool club. So you empathize, but sorry, you're not going, you're underage. End of conversation. You don't ask, beg, plead, negotiate. You tell. No, so, I like that. Yeah. And the other big thing that I see to get back to the bottle system is that children are addicted to the growing up milks, the number mm. threes and the number fours, which in a healthy, well-nourished, non-diseased child who's growing well, they do not need those extremely fortified milks. They're very sweet. The children get addicted to them. They're not necessary. 
what they do, it's like us. We would be if we were drinking milkshakes, protein shakes all night long. We wouldn't have an appetite the next day. Neither would we have an appetite if we're drinking these nutrient calorie dense um, loads of, of, of milliliters of these milky products during the day. We'd never have an appetite for food. So that is a huge cause of picky eating in, in the toddler years. No. Um, parents sort of pressurizing huge big um, uh, uh, volumes of food presented to the child. It throws toddlers off. You need to do tiny little portions that are colorful and chopped and crunchy. No toddler likes cooked vegetables. So you do grated raw vegetables that are colorful and interesting and different. And he can pick and he can be in charge of what he picks up off his plate and if necessary, asks for more, more strawberries, more chicken, yes. instead of completely overwhelming. And just a message to, to parents out there is that if you take the stance and you stop those bottles at night, your child is not going to dehydrate and die of starvation overnight. And also if you stop the milk bottles in the day. It's not going to impact on their growth and development. In fact, it's going to assist their growth and development if once you pull all that milk. The average milk intake for a toddler, and that's fresh, full cream, good, best quality milk you can get your hands on, it's a minimum of 200 mils a day. And that includes milk and diet, like yogurt and things like that, dairy, as long as your child obviously doesn't have a dairy allergy and a maximum of 400 mils. So it's not even two cups of milk a day. Children, they're having liters full. No wonder they don't. And and I agree with you 100% is, is that in the end of the day, any milk after 12 months with a healthy growing toddler is not necessary anymore. It's in fact doing a lot more harm than what it's getting, uh, doing good um, for them because it's not great for their teeth. Um, it sits that you're brushing your child's three or four teeth. They obviously don't have a lot of teeth at that time, but you're brushing them and then literally putting like milk in their mouth the whole night and that forms bacteria and even breast milk not just formula milk can cause cavities it's the number one reason for cavities and also another big thing is milk at night is one of the number one reason for iron deficiency um, or milk at too much milk at night can cause iron deficiency in toddlers as well so absolutely um, no reason so uh, we've got a few more moments before we have to go to the ad break um, to start talking a little bit about the next big big thing is when should we be potty training our toddlers <laughs> oh yes gosh oh that is a very open-ended question we could actually actually have a whole show just about that <laughs> 100%. so uh, my whole motto the way i practice is that everything is baby led so um, when your child starts showing an interest, and that's generally between the 15 and 18 month mark, is that they start to just become aware when they're making a number two. So they yes. often just sort of stop doing what they're doing, squat. They often run away and hide behind the couch or wrap themselves up in the curtains. Um, and they're just aware that something from a sensory point of view is happening. <laughs> This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker is brought to you with compliments of Discam Baby City. You'll, you'll, you'll say goodbye to me. Yeah. 
Yes, thank you so much for joining us. You are on 101.9 High FM and I'm your host, Yulandi Becker. And again, because it's such a wonderful topic and it's such a broad topic, toddlers, um, I don't think we ever will have enough time. Each of these topics can be a whole different discussion on their own. But if you've just joined me, I have been speaking to Sister Anne Richardson about toddlers. Um, of course, as always, this will be available as a podcast that you can listen to. But before you go, and we need to go back again about the tantrums and um, just how to deal with tantrums. Your like final thoughts about how we can deal with tantrums. <laughs> So just to quickly go back to our potty training question when you said what's the right time. So in a nutshell, the right time is any time between the age of two and three. And it's it's really just dependent on your child. So no yeah. pressure, no pushing. Now let's talk about tantrums. So many different answers as to how do you handle a tantrum because there's going to be tantrums because that's your toddler's job. Yes. Is to express himself. So my advice, if, you, if you've tried to preempt the tantrum by the pre-warning, the acknowledgement, all of that, great. Deflection and distraction often works really well. So if you can see that your toddler's winding up and is starting to, to get a little bit whiny and mizzies, a bit of deflection, distraction, that often works, but sometimes there's just that huge. So when it's a willful tantrum, the best thing to do is to just ignore him. So you walk away. You don't give your child any indication that you are taking any notice of that tantrum. You stay within his space so that he knows that you're there from an emotional point of view. But you don't, go, because when he's in that discombobulated state, when he's having his tantrum, he's not listening to a thing you are saying. So if you sit in there saying, oh, my boy, tell me, tell me your feelings. Why are you behaving like that? Was it nice to push little Johnny over? He's not hearing anything. He's just all consumed. You know that saying, you see red, you know, when you're, in, when you're so angry. Yes. You're not listening to anything anybody's saying. You're just so full of yourself, your own no. emotion. And toddlers are exactly like that. So the best is just to walk away if it's obviously safe to leave them. And just even if you can't walk out the room, you just turn your back on them. So he knows physically you're there. And then usually the tantrum just fizzles its way out. Um, and on that note, it's been so wonderful to have you. And I think you're going to have to come on again and talk about all of this because your wisdom is never ending when it comes to, I think, babies as well that we can also talk about. Um, so thank you so much for joining us and for sharing so much of your wisdom. Um, I think on that note, I wanted to just share as well that in the end, um, you know, negotiating with a toddler is like negotiating with a terrorist. It's not a, it's a waste of your time. Um, and before you go, though, please, can you just let us know where we can reach you or find you? I mean, you can literally Google Anne and you're going to get all the information you need. But where can we find you? You can find me. My um, Insta is Wisdom with Sense. Otherwise, you can just Google me or, uh, or on something called Recomed. R-E-C-O, RecoMed, um, and you'll find all my uh, details. I run a full clinic helping people, so I'll, I look forward to welcoming you. Thank you so much for joining us, Anne. I will speak to you again. <laughs>